Welcome to Podkendo, a Nintendo podcast, where they analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. The critics agree, Metal Gear Solid 2 is a hit. Newsweek says, it rocks. The best video game for PlayStation 2. USA Today. Right, get out of here. And Game Informer names Metal Gear Solid 2 Game of the Year. I've been waiting for this. Metal Gear Solid 2, only on PlayStation 2. Rated M for Mature, from Konami. Hey guys, welcome to Podtendo Podcast, where we analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games, except when we're playing PlayStation games. We can be contacted on YouTube. Or, or an email, podtendo at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. If you send some comments, we'll probably respond there. Uh, I'm your co-host, Mick. You can find uh, me on every episode with my lovely and talented co-host. Tyson. Cool. I think I said something wrong there. Something yeah, different. Yeah, pop something... culture, oh. retrospective, let's play. Review show. Yeah. Those are the four things that we are. So we're going to cover all four of those topics as we talk about this big game so today uh as i sort of alluded to we were playing a playstation 2 classic metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty Ooh, baby we've got a big game to talk about yeah follow up to one of the uh best games on the original playstation and uh this game made a lot of waves when it got released i think the only reason zone of the enders got sold is because it came Holy with shit. a Metal Gear Solid 2 Holy demo shit. disc. Let's just fucking like wreck everything that I've got thrown together for this podcast right off the start. Yeah, cool. Let's. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm huh. sorry. All right. Sweet. <laughs> well, I'll shut up and let's just get into it. Uh, yeah, there we go. So, I mean, you, when do I talk about it? Actually, I don't think I talk about it too much. Maybe in like first memories. Save that for first memories. And then, yeah, then we're, we're good. Yes. Okay. Yes, very much so. Cool. So with this, yeah, uh, as we alluded to, Metal Gear Solid 2, big game. Uh, our first, I think our lo- one of our longest podcasts ever is Metal Gear Solid, the first game that we talked about from a couple years ago, uh, almost two years ago when, when we played this. So this is kind of the sequel to that, obviously. Big, big game. And like we said, we were doing bigger stuff this year, folks. We Last year we looked at Army Man, Sarge's Heroes or something like that. And this time we're getting a bit uh, bigger of a game. Uh, so it was developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Japan. It was directed... Lots of games don't have directors, but I thought it was, uh, uh, we should mention that Hideo Kojima was the director of this title. Sold over 7 million copies. That's like Ocarina level, guys. Ocarina, I think, sold around 7 million copies, and it was one of the biggest video games ever. This one, no problem, pushes over 7 million copies. It was released November 13, 2001. How Long to Beat has this game at 13 hours? And then on eBay. Uh, you can get a copy of this game from anywhere from twelve to eighty dollars, depending on the quality. Where to play this game? It's the OG disc, uh, one of the re-releases on the PS3, PS4, di- digital. I think on the PS4, Xbox probably. It's on the PS Vita. It's now on the Switch. Good yeah, times. yeah. This uh, and with the new uh, Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume One or heck they want to call it. That's uh, this is one of those games in that in that franchise. So I mean, it's kind of topical, but uh, you know. Big game. We need to talk about it. This year is a game like we're, we we were sit, had some games and big games on the sidelines, and we're like, why are we waiting? Let's you let's play these games. So here we are. There you go. Awesome. And this kind of alludes back to uh, so I'm around the age of 
14 to 15. Video games are a very big part of my life at this point. And this is a very big game when it came out, right? So I was kind of almost right in the wheelhouse to kind of uh, play this game, experience it. And I'm going to share those experiences with you too, right? So just part of one of those things. We got to look back at our nostalgia. And guys, this was over 20 years ago, right? Like 2001, over 20 years. That's That counts as nostalgia, right? So, hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's basically a classic at this point. But yeah, which is one of those things that still upsets me when I think of time. Speaking of time, we have to jump into our, just like we talked about last two weeks ago, we have to jump into our patented time travel wayback machine. Oh boy. Travel back to December or November 13th, 2001 and see what did the pop cultural landscape look like before we can kind of dive into this game proper. We got to get right back in that mindset, folks. We need to know what the world looked like. So at the time, you could have been watching season 13 episode 12 of the simpsons the parent rap so after being arrested a new judge forces bart and homer to be tethered together boys will be boys after all won't they ah uh, yes yes uh constance justice i think <laughs> is the judge's name <laughs> yeah i was like oh, okay that episode and i feel like i watched it a lot it seemed like it was on. I don't know. It I feel be- like it was always on repeats because we were just like, this is cheap to, to license. Nobody <sighs> likes this episode. Or this was around the time where we had satellite and we used to have time shifted. That was a big part. So you could watch The Simpsons in Newfoundland time and then Atlantic time and then Central time and then Pacific. So like over the course of a night, I'd watch a new episode of The Simpsons four times. Probably was one of those occasions. Uh, other top TV shows we could be watching. So the, just the top shows released in 2001 were 24 Scrubs. Smallville, Six Feet Under, The Office, and Alias. Yeah, you can see why a 13 and 14 year old or like 15 and 13 year old kids were like, ah, let's just watch more Simpsons. So one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard in my life was one night we were going on a basketball trip or a volleyball trip or something. And this one guy's like, man, I'm tired. I started watching this movie last night and it just wouldn't end. It was about this weird guy and he was like an alien or something like that. And they like tied him in the cornfield and they like covered him in blood <laughs> the other guy turns around and he's like do you mean smallville was it called smallville he's like yeah yeah yeah. that's what it's called and he's like it's not a movie it's a tv show you idiot there's like a theme song and credits every hour but this guy stayed up for like hours apparently watching this movie what the fuck was going on uh i feel like someone was not paying attention okay yeah or like uh, do, obviously doing something else in between because like he was missing credits and an opening st- like stinger at the yeah. top of every hour? Seems uh, odd. Oh, either that or they're just like, wow, this is a really weird movie that they just intro it after every like big commercial break. I don't know. It's it's a that's a that's a weird one. And that was probably right around this time. So cool. So uh, top cartoons uh, came out this year were Fairly Odd Parents, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Samurai Jack, Braceface, and Invader Zim. Mm, so this is like the birth of kind of like edgier cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool, very cool. I mean, who doesn't love Samurai Jack? So, uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, I never watched it, but sure, I guess I'll just go along oh, with it. We definitely watched it. Yeah, we but... watched it that one time when we were on a trip in London, and we are like, we can watch any of these shows. Let's just watch, like, 40 episodes of yeah, Samurai Jack. But that's when I only had, like... I, I, I would also watch Smallville for hours on time. Now that I have, like, an opportunity to watch anything, I don't know if Samurai Jack is what I'm going to watch. Top movies! This week, though, we could see Monsters, Inc. Hmm, okay. Uh, still in theaters, you could get Training Day, From Hell, and 13 Ghosts. Oh, okay. And if you uh, waited okay. 
waited a week or two, you'd get to watch Shallow Hal, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and Spy Games. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. This is I kind of remember this year a little bit because I mean, Training Day was apparently a big thing for us <laughs> preteens and teenagers. For we're like, wow, Denzel Washington is 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 better than King Kong. He is better than King Kong. Yep, I was like, uh, lots of those movies definitely speak to me. A little too old for Monsters Inc. and probably a little bit too young from the From Hell and Training Days. But I watched them all the same and thought, lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, Harry Potter, I don't think I ever saw them in theaters. It was always like I got them, watched them later on DVD. For some reason, we went at like in a school trip when I was in like oh, okay. so elementary, you been, yeah. middle school. So like, you they old took us all that. to like watch it. Yeah, I was like, that's a big I mean, deal. That's the, only, that's the only time we ever went. <laughs> yeah, I could say that. That's a big deal, though. It was like a children's book that lots of us were probably reading and stuff like that. It was easily accessible and turning into a movie. Cool. Uh, top video games release this month. We saw SSX Tricky, Project Gotham Racing, Golden Sun, 007, Agent Under Fire, Dead or Alive 3, Luigi's Mansion, Smackdown, Just Bring It, Smash Brothers Melee, Star Wars Episode 1, Jedi Power Battles. Uh, this got to be around the same time of like the original Xbox launching. Because I mean, I think Project Gotham Racing was a launch title or something. Because yeah, I, I was definitely playing my Xbox with like, you can load up your own custom songs and I'm going to play project gotham racing for forever and dead or alive 3 and ssx tricky so that's what i'm doing right now is i'm playing my original xbox and loading cds okay lincoln park meteora all right i was gonna call you i was gonna call you an asshole but november 15th 2001 is when the xbox original xbox released so you were within four days that's Amazing. Okay, wow. Cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Project Gotham Racing. That's the one. It's like, that's a launch title, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Same it's... with DOA 3. Oh, yeah, because Dead or Alive 3. Okay, and then SSX and Project Gotham. Cool. Awesome. Great. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that that is the pop culture. So Xbox just came out, if that helps anyone uh, with what they're doing with their life. That is what the pop cultural landscape looks like. Now that we know that, we can look at, in finer detail, Metal Gear Solid 2. Exciting stuff. Yeah, big game. Look forward to getting into it. Um, but but how was this game made, Mick? Oh, look at that. Look at Segway Jones over here. Development details of this fun, fun title. Now that we know what the pop cultural landscape looks like. So Koj- uh, Kojima created a document that outlined how he wanted to create the next iteration of Metal Gear's of the Metal Gear series. The document outlined new game mechanics and features, such as bodies that needed to be hidden, lights and areas that could be destroyed to affect enemies' visions, realistic enemy AI that relies on squad tactics rather than working individually, and multi-level environments that added a, an element of vertical tension to the stealth gameplay. Okay. It also outlined themes such as passing on memories, environmental issues, and particular social themes regarding the digitization of the military, digital simulations, and the digitization of operational planning, the digitization of everyday life, and the effects of digitization on personality. So Kojima was like, man, all this digitization of information is really going to screw in the future. I better create a very complicated story to discuss it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not going to be ham-fisted at all. No, not at all. But it is, because that's how they work. Uh, the game stated that the aim of the story involves a series of betrayals and sudden reveals to the point 
where the player is unable to tell fact from fiction. The game production budget was $10 million, similar to the budget of a Japanese Godzilla film. The game was developed in four years, and over 100 people worked on the game. Raiden was deliberately designed to appeal to female players after the team overheard a pair of female debuggers remarking that the more middle-aged protagonist of the original MGS game was not appealing to them. Raiden's presence in the game was kept a secret before release, with preview trailers showing snake and situations and battles that occur to Raiden in the published game, such as a battle against a Harrier jet on the George Washington Bridge and an encounter with a new cyborg ninja inside the tanker. The game's original plot revolved around nuclear weapons in Iraq. Due to the political atmosphere at the time, the tanker in the released game is based on the original plot of this game. Significant changes to the ending were made late in development following the September 11th attack in New York where the final occurs. A sequence depicting arsenal gear, the displacing of the Statue of Liberty and crashing through half of Manhattan was removed, as well as an end credit scene where it newsreels of new york city after destruction were shown right cool yeah that that explains a lot of my problems with the ending oh uh, yeah oh i mean it it makes sense too because i was like oh uh the end you might be on a giant ship that's crashed into like the one of the government buildings in downtown new york and i was like yeah i walked by that building one time yeah that ain't close to the harbor that's like four blocks in maybe oh, five yeah and it's like like you're on a, a ship that's crashing into these just buildings in into new york buildings and, and buildings and buildings of new york and it's and, like and, and it just it's just kind of crashed and then you fight and then you move on and no one talks about it and you're like that's weird why wasn't that ever brought up oh i yeah, understand but- why Yes, very much so. It's like, let's not dwell on where we are right now. It's kind of just like hinted at, but you, you, you can kind of tell where you are. But same time, you're like, oh, this is yeah, this is very uh, like they need to take some white out to oh, this. Uh, oh, considering that this game released in November depicted a ship crashing into a building in downtown New York City, probably six blocks away from where the World Trade Center stood, I 100% understand why they took some liberties and hack and slash the ending. And, yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Other than delay this game and, like, rework things, you kind of have to do what you do sometimes. So, uh, it happens. It happens. Uh, does it take away from it? We'll find out as we kind of dive through this game deeper. But let's look at the controls of this game and talk about just kind of how we interact with the environments. So you move the directional pad to move around you have a punch button an interact button and can crouch i have no idea what button does what though even though you played the game for a while sometimes i kind of just forget i'm like wait how do i grapple with that guy it's this one oh shoot uh you can scroll through the items with the left triggers and weapons with the right triggers when a weapon is equipped you can shoot with the punch button okay there is stealth. This is a stealth game, so you encourage to sneak past enemies and not kill anyone. You have a radar screen that shows enemies' line of sight, unless you are spotted, in which case you trigger an alarm status, and the radar is disabled until you are able to hide. The game's story is told via cutscenes and codex calls, which are just kind of spoken text bubbles. You get a variety of weapons, from SOCON pistols to rifles to mines to missile launchers. You can equip rations to restore health, and if you run out of health... A uh, key card to open doors, a box to hide from guards, a mask, a gas mask to die less frequently, and cigarettes if you can't go without some sweet, sweet nicotine. And I definitely just copied those from the first game. Yeah, well, I mean, all that stuff is still there. So even to a point where it's like 
didn't is it like doesn't Ryden have cigarettes and it's like it's like oh yes we here's some cigarettes you need these just yeah. in case oh you definitely like, pick them up at some point and i'm like wait why do i have this okay cool uh, very, very, like, very i'm much smoking like, yeah. i'm cool yes well you know kojima smoked so you know mm-hmm. all cool guys smoke oh smoking in japan is just very much a part of the culture it's right like yep yeah oh very much so well i mean that was very much so across the world for a very long time so yes yeah yeah outside of north america where it's now kind of like ew gross but tons of people still do it so anyways with that uh anything mentioned on the controls of this game um maybe i'll save it for a bit of my criticism but that's a bit of my issues is some of these controls and trying to modernize it well Um, let's get into it right so we talked when i when we played metal gear solid the first time through i played a little bit of the playstation original and the twin snakes edition on the gamecube and this is just the gamecube controls right so the the controls that we talked about on the twin snakes are from this game, right? Twin Snakes came out after this game, so we've kind of already kind of been here. Uh, let's let's talk about it. What what don't you like about the controls? What were your gripes with this game? Uh, uh, like the third person shooting is just impossible and useless. You okay. have to just go to first person and shoot yes. everything. Yes, and to me, it's like well, that uh, it just breaks the flow. Whereas like anytime you want to do anything or shoot anybody with some remote accuracy, better slap it in the first person mode, and it's like. And just like there's no modern like uh, like creature comforts, there's no sensitivity mm-hmm. controls. There's um, I, I forget. There's one thing that's like inverted, and I'm like, you're you're shitting me. You you, you literally I cannot flip how this is controlled. It's it's just inverted or something. And I, and I was like, this is so frustrating like i never had this issue in the original metal gear solid but it's like when it comes to this oh my god forcing me to do bad first person aiming is just so frustrating it's like first person shooters like first person aiming works well if if it's accurate Mm -hmm. this is not accurate this is just like so this loady mess all right cool so when this game did come out though this is prior to the big first person shooters right like halo doesn't exist in this world yet when this game is being developed so this was one of those games where you're right it is kind of a third person action stealth game and then every single bit of combat is first person so get used to hitting the r1 button or your right trigger going into first person mode pulling your gun and then having to shoot right and using that little reticon because you're right i don't think i ever fired a weapon in this game that wasn't in first person mode yeah and i mean and because the camera is so pulled in as opposed Mm -hmm. to like the first game even just trying to stay out of everybody's like line of sight is tricky because there's it's just the camera is just like six feet too close Okay. It needs to be like pulled out just slightly more so you can kind of like get a better gauge of stuff, but it's so pulled in because they want you to be like cinematic and mm-hmm. in the moment. It's just, it's frustrating. It's like, God damn it. This game is, I essentially, I sometimes walk into a room, have to just like hop into first person mode and look around awkwardly and be like, okay, I don't see anyone take a step and then I get spotted. And uh. you're like, because there's a blind corner there that I didn't see anybody. It's like, really? Okay, sure. Whatever. And that's... That's just like rinse repeat for many sections of this game. It's it's a uh, it's, god damn it. It's like there's just 
that camera and those bad shooting mechanics. Hmm. Everything else is so much fun. So I don't play a lot of first-person shooters. I don't have a lot of experience. I wouldn't say I'm probably skilled. Like, in terms of, if we were to play Call of Duty Zombies, you would have to explain to me what everything is. Because I, I, I don't have that experience, right? Like, I've never I've yeah. never dove into those. I've never spent my time on that. Uh, I never found this, I never found that as jarring, uh, you do get a tranquilizer gun, right? So instead of just a SOCOM pistol in this game, you get a tranquilizer gun. Uh, so I found lots of times going into a room, I had a pretty good idea, pretty good. Uh, did I get caught unnecessarily multiple times? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's that one conveyor belt room. I don't know what it's called, but it has like all the boxes and stuff like that. Those guards saw me all the time. Every time I walked in there, guard would check me out. I was like, done. Or you try and shoot and then you you, you miss and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, who's there? Yeah, oh, great, awesome, thanks, guys. So, uh, yeah, stealth was a bit of a struggle in this game, but I don't know if I ever found the controls that just because like combat, right, uh, is a little bit forgiving. It's not a one shot kills. I never really had too many issues with too much of the combat in the. Yeah, when I was trying to do like my perfect no alert run, uh, I I I just gave up after a while, and I was like, okay, cool, who cares? I don't care if I get spotted a million times. Ooh. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> you probably need to play this game multiple, like I would think three to four times to get a perfect run because you need to know where every guard is in relation to like when you enter a room or a screen or a new area or based on just the situation currently in the game. So. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine yeah. a perfect run your first time through would be frustrating. Yeah, but this is my first time playing it through. That's why I was like, I'll do a perfect run because honestly, this game is is so easy. Yeah, minus the controls. And yeah. it's like, if this game controlled well, I would be done this game in about two hours, start to finish with no alerts. But it controls like a uh, it, it, it's so like you know when like let's say you miss a shot and somebody's like, hey, what's that, and walks towards you. The cha- the times I was able to get a headshot on them was like one in thirty. Yeah, yeah. Before they would just walk around. Oh, there they are. It's like, you know, if if I could just set the the sensitivity on these aimings and didn't just have this floaty garbage. That, yeah. Like, no, this is the default sensitivity. It's like, uh, I, I think if, it's if I, it, you have to get used to it because I have watched some gameplay footage of so one of the one of the collectibles in this game, right, uh, from other games is you collect dog tags. And if you get yep. enough dog tags, you collect unlockables. So in the first tanker mission, if you get 40 dog tags, there's about 22 guards. You can unlock stealth ammo for the rest of the game. So obviously makes it a little bit easier. But that requires holding up a guard from behind, getting them to freeze, being able to quickly run in front of them, and then holding them up at gunpoint until they shake and drop their dog tag or potentially some other item. So it might take a while. And I've tried that and it never ever worked for me so it is definitely just a. I need to be a bit more familiar with the system to master it right because it is a flawed system so for yourself yeah i would say you probably need to probably again play this game three times through and then you're going to be like oh man this game's great stealth run easy to do but you probably need to get that muscle memory in almost i would happily play the first melga solid three times through i would not happily play them this game three times through cool one one is enough one is enough yeah the controls are just a little too frustrating i i to me it's like it's just not enjoyable to spend your time in it because you're constantly fighting with the controls and the camera and i was just more curious like where your frustration was coming from because i also am like at some points i'm like i also have 
frustrations with this game, but it wasn't control specific. It was just like other things they asked you to do that I was like, what the frick? So I was just curious. Okay, cool. Uh, so Tyson yep. had a little bit of frustration with this game. Let's get into, though, our first memories of this game, guys. Because like I mentioned, we had a PlayStation 2 pretty early on. Uh, maybe not the first year that it came out, but probably by the second year. And I'm thinking thinking we probably got this this winter because the games that other came out, the SmackDown, what game was it? That's why I wrote it down. SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, Just Bring It. That was one of the very first games I ever bought from my PlayStation and played it. So we probably had this right around the same time it came out. So, like, I was almost on Jump Street, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, we got a game secondhand. Maybe we bought it, but I kind of feel like... Oh, sorry. Hold on. We... Hold on. First memories. I... I gotta I gotta, I gotta. do this justice. Here we go. So, we got a game secondhand. Not Metal Gear Solid 2, though, but a game called Zone of the Enders. Why? Because this game, you were two mechs and you fought each other and there was anime and I'm sure we were like, wow, crazy. But more specifically, on that game, right at the top right-hand corner, it said, contains a demo for Metal Gear Solid 2. That was the selling feature. That's why we played it. You could play through the whole tanker section. You were you were Snake. You could do flips. You had first-person shooting. It looked incredible. It looked like a guy. It looked, didn't look like just a weird box man absolutely unbelievable i don't know if i ever played zone event vendors but oh boy did i play the heck out of this demo disc oh yeah um and i now, did kind of mention now all you can talk. talk about zone of the enders yes yes well i rem- i liked zone of the enders it was uh, another uh, kojima game i want to say um so but it's like i was big into uh, gundam wing at the time um so i really like this because there's also an arcade game called virtual on there's a there's a name drop if anyone's ever played that arcade game. Um, where I was big into it because it's a mech game, and that's kind of had the same vibe as like this, where it's like arena combat e games. But I could play that game kind of at home with Zone of the Enders, so I I, I had a I had a blast. And that's one of the first games I want to say I ever kind of like beat by myself. Um, but the main selling point of that game was Metal Gear Two, and. I, I remember being like, oh, did everyone else like have Zone of the Enders? Like, yeah, I love Metal Gear Solid too. It's like, but did you play the game of Zone of the Enders? Like, no, no. I played Metal Gear Solid. I bought it for the demo. Yeah, of Metal Gear. Uh, Zone of the Enders was. I kind of feel like it was kind of like an arena mech shooter, and I feel like if you could learn how to strife and aim and shoot, you you beat most games. So I, I know I, I played Zone of oh, the Enders. I yeah. never beat it. Uh, but it was one of those things where I maybe played a couple levels, and then as soon as it got like slightly challenging, and I couldn't beat it on the first mission, I was like, "Yeah, let's go back to Metal Gear 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and I mean, for Metal Gear Solid Two, I feel like potentially we got this for Christmas or the ensuing Boxing Day shopping spree. So again, uh, SmackDown, just bring it. I know I had that game. In fact, for Christmas that year. We had some money saved up, and we went and bought a $100 32-inch television. It had stereo sound, so stereos on either side. It was a big box. We put it in the room. We set up our PlayStation 2 to it so we could have you know the high-definition graphics. And I recall sitting and playing uh, Just Bring It uh, through the story mode. It was like 30 minutes. You play a couple matches. You win the championship belt with a guy. You move on with your life. Cool. Awesome. Played that for a bit. But this game was definitely very, very, very close in proximity. So I'm guessing potentially either yeah christmas or boxing day like i said i uh, think this and final fantasy 10 
were the games we got. And I got SmackDown, and I looked at Tyson, and I said, Tyson, you're such a fucking idiot for playing these stupid, useless Metal Gear and Final Fantasy games. Clearly, SmackDown with The Rock on it. Best game ever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we had a hiccup of, uh, we got a special memory card. We didn't get, like, the OG PlayStation Mm -hmm. one, because they were extra pricey. We got, like, the cheaper Mad Cats one. And we couldn't get it to work or something. And yeah. it deleted like one of our saves. I think it was like mine or your saves of Metal Gear or Final Fantasy. It was like, we can't, we cannot use this. We need to take it back. Yeah. So I think that was, that was part of the Boxing Day shopping was like, yeah. we need a working memory card. Yeah. I feel like I had a yellow one. In my mind, it's like yellow had a grip on it. And then, yeah, we had like the standard couple black ones, memory yeah. cards. I wonder what my old. Do you think I still have any PlayStation 2 memory cards? Probably. Probably still in the boxes oh, I, of games I have, I right? I bet you they're still... Uh, or, you know what? Because they had that little slot yeah. in the PlayStation games on that top spot. I bet you open all the cartridges, you'd probably... Or ca- like cases, you'd probably see one sitting there. I also have a big Tupperware so. container box of all our old stuff. And it's got like old memory cards from like Xbox. I'm sure it's PlayStation... N64. Oh yeah, and cool. you could probably see like how are we? Ha- how do we have thirty hours into this game? We still haven't beat it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Ah, uh, the life before internet. Uh, I have distinct memories of. I think we were at Grandma and Grandpa's, so potentially that Christmas break, but it might have been like a spring break or something like that. Uh, and I played through this game pretty religiously there so i have a pretty distinct of early of the shell missions anyways playing through raiden uh, up until the ending and i think i must have beat it all within that like that week or those couple days that we were at grammy and grandpa's that year in the 2002 because the trick at the end i fell for it i was sitting playing the game and i've been playing for like five maybe four hours and all of a sudden the game is now freaking out and telling me to shut the console off the game is damaged and i was like oh shit i think i broke the game i played for too long the game's telling me it's broken um so yep. uh really fell into that and then i do i remember I had this one friend who's really into riding oh man like we, we played this game once at his house and i went over to his house the next time and every file on his computer was like riding is cool and they'd be like password protected where like riding is god and stuff like that and just the silliest things that he fell really hard for riding is better than solid snake which i just oh, wow. Just, How wrong he was. I just was like, I just don't see it. I think Raiden's kind of a loser, and I kind of hate this game that it's not a solid snake vehicle. Oh, the, like, I understand, like, it's kind of cool the way the story is introduced with, like, Raiden, um, kind of like a second Shadow Moses. Yeah. But every hardcore game, or every, like, solid snake fan was mad. Yeah. When it's like, who's this riding guy? Yeah. When am I going to play as Snake again? Game ends and you're like, so I don't get to play as Snake minus the tanker? Not unless you buy Metal Gear Solid 2 subsistence for the PS2 and you get Snake Tails, which are essentially just Snake doing everything in the tanker and or the big shell instead of Raiden. So you could actually just play this game with Metal Solid Snake if you wanted. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, all I can say is the those the people who worked on the development were like, I don't like this middle-aged man. It's like, well, you're wrong, because the vast majority of us loved him. Well, and this game was panned dramatically well, because it got rid of, like, here's Raiden, this little emo boy. It's like, oh, God. I don't know if it was so much Everybody. of a change for that, but I mean... The original document, it wanted to be the aim of the story to involve a series of betrayals and sudden reveals. So 
I think narratively switching characters actually does make a lot of sense and actually does pay off a lot of things, right? If you kind of look at the story from what Kojima's original ploy, like I think it's very well done. And I think Raiden's inclusion was very intentional, right? And especially when you look at the marketing, it was basically a trick up until Jump Street, right? I don't even know. I think playing the game is when I learned about Raiden, right? Playing through the tanker. Okay, cool. And Metal yep. Gear. Okay, now we're in this next mission. Yeah, back to the basics. And all of a sudden you're this new character and you just kind of had to accept it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. And, 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 and I don't remember a negative reaction. Like, well, I don't want to play this stupid game. I was just kind of like, oh. Oh, I do. I do. Oh, I really? remember everyone complaining and be like, who's Raiden? Raiden sucks. Like, and he's trying to be this fake snake. Like, who's this fake snake Raiden edgelord loser? It's like, I remember everybody hating him. Yeah. I do not remember a single person being like, no, Raiden's pretty cool. No, I had one friend I think that was really into him. He really liked him for some reason. That, I like, I, 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 he probably really likes Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. Um, oh, because the, the, the Metal Gear Solid Revengeance fans are like, no, Raiden's good, see? It's like, no, stop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We all, th- there's a reason why the snake comes back in all the other games. Yeah, but again, I think, I think they learned. from a greater narrative point of view, I think we needed to have Raiden in this experience. So I, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. Because it's like, it's like that's this is Raiden's story. And, and but, I don't uh, ever remember uh, having yeah. the gut reaction to being like, oh, I hate this character. It was just kind of a, oh, I'll play the game and see what happens, right? So I, I, I was open-minded back in the day. I'll give myself credit for that. I wasn't a hater-hater. I uh, still played this game, thought it was pretty fun. But I also understand anyone who was like, oh, I hate this! I, I I understand. I'm not trying to diminish your pain in those moments because yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just yeah. You know, what? we'll get. We'll, I'm gonna save a couple of little things, but you know what? We've we've delved into the first kind of memories. Uh, what actually happens in this this game, Mick? There we go. Cool. All right. So I, I mean, I'm also expecting us to talk for almost two hours on this game, so that's why I'm like, let, let's know anything that comes up that we need to talk about. This is our definitive Metal Gear Solid experience. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's yeah. not be no, like sure. Tyson in the first game, and then when he talks about the Pokemon episode where Ash gets a ghost Pokemon to fight Sabrina, and he's like, and he takes Ghastly, and I'm sitting there listening, and I'm like, no, you moron, he clearly takes Haunter. Why would you say Ghastly? He does. He does. That's a Freudian slip there. I, I meant Haunter because ghosts, it's... and then ghosts, and it's all like, I have to listen to this ghost conversation. I can't go back and tell you you're wrong. No, but no, but Tyson, Tyson meant Gath. Oh, obviously, meant he meant Haunter. Haunter. I just, I just, uh, I just. My uh, my words don't always come out the way I intend, so that's, that's about that. Okay, cool. Anyway, so now that we're taking more time, let's get into the story of this game. It's 2007. Solid Snake infiltrates a tanker carrying a new Metal Gear model, Ray. The tanker is attacked by Russian mercenaries led by Colonel Gorlukovich, his daughter Olga, and Revolver Ocelot. Cool. All right. Yep. Yep. Uh, kind of sets up this little, like, kind of feels like a or a prelude or something where yeah. you're like, and I mean, yeah, I guess, something going on here. I guess more of the story should have been that Solid Snake, Ocelot, Mei Ling, and Natasha Romanenkov from the first game have started a group called Philanthropy, which are responsible for taking down Metal Gears around the world. All right, and their latest intel is some the the, the military, the the Marines specifically, are transporting a new ray through the New York Harbor. So we're gonna infiltrate. And try and show that the U.S. government is just as evil as everyone else. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these rays popping up, and it's uh, our little 
not for profit because they say that like that we're not for profits like we're recognized by the un and i'm like oh, okay cool right, like okay sure whatever yeah yeah okay cool so yeah. uh level level notes or let's play section menu start in the menu you get kind of a rocking badass like synth rock theme song it sounds like it's kind of like from the genesis era but it's kind of badass and there was oh. often times when I started up this game that I would just like spend an extra thirty seconds, like just listening to the boom, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, yeah. Oh, the soundtrack is excellent, mm-hmm. but I think it's most uh, most Metal Gear games have like amazing soundtracks, but this is like this has got that. There's some bass to it. Yeah. Like this has got some like there, fully. There's some new speaker written. channels on the PS2 that they weren't using before. Oh boy, they're using them now. Yeah, oh boy, that there's a speaker, not just mono blasting. I'm loving this. Hopefully, you bought a brand new 32 inch TV with stereo sound, so you can find full enjoyment in it. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Uh, and if you're playing on anything less than a 32 inch TV, yeah, it's uh, you're gonna have a bad time. Uh, speaking of sound sidetrack, my 50 something inch TV, that big gray one that I have in the basement with the stereo sound, man, that's a good quality television. Like the surround sound on it impeccable like oh looking, i think the entire base of that looking, darn thing is like looking for treasures in uh wind waker so you drive around you're flying around in your little ship i can it actually can like help orient where like the, the speakers are such good quality that you can actually kind of tell based on like just swimming around in circles where like the glowing circle of treasures are and stuff like that like it, it's pretty 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 good quality yeah, um, I mean, I, I every time I've played on it, I've been always been like, this is a free TV, eh? It's like, you yeah. just had to get it out of that guy's basement. What yeah. a deal. Yeah. Oh, no, not that one. The other one, the gray one that's like in the cabinet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That one. Huh. Okay. Anyways, uh, so right. we're off to this game. So we're going to start with the tanker level. So we're going to start out by infiltrating the tanker. So Snake is, test, or is tasked at sneaking to the control room of the ship that is now crawling with guards. After a few narrow hallways, we find a cabin crew disabled and a woman talking on the radio, which is our first boss fight, Olga. Uh, it's a first-person Metal Gear Solid shooter boss fight. I think you can just literally stand there on the lower settings and shoot her and win, and uh, that's it. Yeah, I remember having a little bit more trouble with this one the first time we played it through, but uh, this time around, it's... Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that was us just being... Oh, first person aiming? What is this madness? Yeah. This isn't Goldeneye. Um, so I think that, yeah, it was kind of tricky the first time. Once you kind of get it, this is pretty easy it, boss. Um, relatively simple. There's a couple, uh, I think there's, they have like infrared sensors at a couple points you have to avoid. Uh, and then usually hitting by like a bag of flour or a fire extinguisher will kind of make them visible. So just don't go those ways. Uh Fairly new, not not the greatest playground for Snake to kind of work on his new skills. So he can hang off of ledges, he can do rolls, and yeah. And if you do click the shoulder buttons together while you're hanging, you can do chin ups, do 100 chin ups, and your grip level will increase. Pretty cool stuff. Oh, okay. You're like, wow, very cool. Wow, neat. Uh, very basic, simple level. Kind of just makes it feel yeah like the, the the first game, but with some modern takes. So more first person emphasis on first person shooter, like Tyson was alluding to, as well as everything does look a lot cleaner, right? Yeah, yeah. there's a couple cool little things. Uh, there's the there's some ice physics. Yep. Um, I didn't I didn't even know about this, but like 
there's behind the bar there's a bucket of ice and if you knock it over the ice cubes will fall onto the like the counter and they'll start melting sweet um and there's just stuff like there'll be a fish tank and if you shoot a hole in the fish tank the water will sink down to that level and it'll stay there it's like it's very cool that like there's lots of there's lots of systems going on and like you don't even realize it but like they've taken a lot of steps to try to advance this tech yes so yes very um, much so yeah okay sweet uh from there though we've we aren't defining Metal Gear. So with Olga and her unborn baby taken care of, though we don't kill her, just to be clear, Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid 2 does not kill a pregnant woman. All right, so now that that's out of the way, I don't want anyone thinking bad of this man. We can access the lower levels of the ship, take out some explosives, survive a gunfight with some guards before sneaking around some soldiers and taking pictures of the Metal Gear Ray. And I was like, wait, yeah. I guess that's where we stop. But then there's a bunch of story. So uh, did, did you have fun sneaking around the guards and taking pictures? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, as soon as I kind of finished taking the pictures and uploading, I was like, ah, cool. Now I kind of have to escape, if I remember correctly. No. But then I was like, but wait, no, I don't run through this thing. There's no, that, that scene of Snake running away from all that rushing water doesn't happen yeah it's kind of like a weird flashback or i I don't know where that comes from i think they actually talk about it at some point there's like some flashback when he's like no snake survived that incident i swear you're like oh okay sure thing pliskin anyways so from here um as the pictures upload grulukovich's men storm the metal gear revolver ocelot reveals himself and quickly betrays the army Uh, in the pursuing gunfight two generals die the tanker has leaked oil into the New York City Harbor. Liquid Snake possesses Ocelot. They steal Metal Gear for the president, and Snake appears to have died. Okay. Yep, and then uh, I think we go into our opening credits. Uh, it might be the Sons of the Patriots at that point, and you say, okay, cool, save. Boom. Uh, two years later... So let's just unpack that final tanker scene with Snake. Uh, anything pop up there? No, Ocelot's still around. Okay. Liquid's still possessing him. And you're like, this is intriguing. I can't wait to deal with Liquid later. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sweet. My sentiments exactly. But now we're on to the real mission. So that's just the prelude, guys. Now we're ready. So uh, two years later, we're on a mission to infiltrate a big shell, which is a facility tasked at cleaning up the oil spill left from the sinking tanker in the New York Harbor. Uh, We are an agent working for Foxhound, who has been tasked at stopping a group of terrorists who apparently seemingly have taken over the big shell facility, are holding some hostages, as well as the President of the United States hostage, and are asking for $3 billion in ransom. We swim through an underwater net, appear at a dock. We are tasked at stopping the terrorist group. Yep, okay. Um, uh, on our first codex call, we're... No, that's not what happened. I think I wrote that wrong. Um, da, 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 da. So we fight through kind of this opening little area, very similar to a dock. We find some guards that are knocked out, and we see a man who looks kind of like Snake, even though he died, apparently, heading up some elevator. Clear some guards get on the elevator, and move up, revealing that we are actually a new character, Raiden. So we're supposed to be called Naked Snake, but we change our code name to Raiden. So pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, but why am I changing my code name? Uh, because. Uh, yes, 
Yeah, why is it Raiden? Why wasn't he Naked Snake? Yeah, they're, they kind of like, uh, Colonel tries to kind of like hand wave it away. It's like, but that's my code name is Snake. It's like, yes, but it to prevent confusion, we're changing the name to Raiden. It's like, oh. I feel like this is just Kojima telling us. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, this is definitely not a snake. He's something different altogether. Oh, okay, cool, neat, awesome. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. Clearly a different character. Clearly um, different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It should be noted too that as we get to the fence for the first time, it was already pre-cut, as if someone has already infiltrated via us, and we're just kind of in their footsteps. Uh, and then, of course, the, seeing the men knocked out and some guy in a stealth sneaking suit heading up the elevator. I was like, oh, huh. Well, that's clearly Snake. <laughs> like, yep, maybe it yep. wasn't so in the original, but in the 3D HD remake, yep, that's Snake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I think Raiden calls Colonel. It's like, uh, someone, is there another team here? It's like, oh, yeah, the SEALs are over on that other side. It's like, you know, Bob, talking, like, near me. Someone cut a hole in the fence. It's like, ah, don't worry about that. That's, uh... The mission will carry on just as everything is normal. Cool. And wave away again. And you're like, this is getting suspicious. Uh, okay. So, now we're up on top of the elevator. We move past some guards, and we enter the second shell. We are attacked by a fast-moving vamp, but we're saved by a man named Pliskin. And don't worry, it is Snake. There's no mindfuck going on. Oh, also, I guess at this point, I should allude, I'm assuming that you've played this game recently, that you're aware of the twists, because we are kind of uninhibitedly talk about the big reveal in this game to help talk about the narrative throughout the experience. So if you haven't played this game, stop. This is where the spoilers start, and we're spoiling everything else the rest of the way, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we've kind of already spoiled a few things, but definitely, if you haven't played this game recently, replay it. It's really not that long. It's, Essentially, yeah. you're just watching the cutscenes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, definitely, spoilers ahead. Um, we're getting introduced to all sorts of new, interesting characters, and uh, there's this really familiar-faced, familiar-voiced character named Pliskin. Isn't that, that a neat character? Cool. Plus, I like this guy. Definitely not named after... Pliskin, the character from Escape from New York. Yeah, and Escape from L.A. Which I'm pretty sure. Anyways, yeah. Uh, cool. Who, who doesn't love Kurt Russell? Who let's doesn't be love honest. Uh, so now we're safe from him. Uh, on the other side, we witness a lady who can't be hit by bullets. That's Fortune. Just before finding our way to the third shell. All right. So we're trying to meet up with the SEAL team because there's a bomb disposal expert. Uh, so, so got an infiltrating meeting anything stand out in this first little area no no um i mean vamp looks like a very uh, cool character yeah. uh hopefully he gets some pretty awesome scenes okay um fortune looks interesting yeah. she kind of it's it's like they meshed her character with sniper wolf and uh psycho mantis mm-hmm. yeah all into one to one person yeah um so interesting okay. interesting cool can't die we watch these poor uh of, seals just get s- smashed serious so alluding to like the first game this group of terrorists mimics the first game right so as the operative from foxhound sneaking in through the base going up a big elevator before kind of being introduced to the colorful cast of characters that make up this terrorist organization you're saying it's similar to the first game cool neat okay i, I am i am it feels that way without them telling us it huh cool uh, also i did notice that this game is a lot shorter right uh as you kind of alluded to this game's really short there's not a lot of gameplay and i noticed it quite a bit here because it took it takes 
two seconds of gameplay and all of a sudden you're hunting bombs and i was like are you kidding me in my mind that was like hours hours into the game no you're pretty much right away put on bomb disposal so off to disposing the bombs we find pillman he's the bomb expert that came in with the seal team uh and he's sent to deal with some mad bomber there's a mad bomber in this terrorist group named fat man and we're we're going to work with him so we have to explore all six shells uh, to deactivate the bombs with some freezing spray. Once they are frozen, we are told that there's a bigger bomb in the wet docks where we first entered. So after stopping that, Pillman dies. I think we have to survive a battle with Fortune, and then we are tasked at stopping another one of the bombs on the helipad, where we fight that man. You can plant Claymore Mines to stun him, and as he kind of skates around, he'll hit them and get knocked out. Uh, you can end with headshots, and he... And eventually he will die. All right, cool. So anything to talk about with the bomb disposal um, section of this game? No, kind of like uh, find this, the bomb expert Pillman. And uh, he's kind of like, as you're, as you're going and disarming all the bombs, he's like, that's weird. That's not in a good spot to put him. That's not like him. That's really weird. But you disable all six of them across all six platforms because there's two shells. Yeah. And each shell has six of these like little platforms um, or what the heck, whatever that you want to break it up. There's six of them on two sides. Uh, you clear out one side and then it's like, oh, wait, no, there's some other bombs, but they're like different and hidden and you got to be further away from them. Mm. Um, and then Pillman accidentally like falls into the proximity trigger and he dies. And then you... Uh, up to stop that man so instead of just recapping the story is there anything specifically with the gameplay in this area that like i guess outside of the yeah the bomb being in odd placements apparently they're not really meant for structural there's almost just kind of like you're on a wild goose chase so anything kind of more specific that you want to talk about no not really i think that this is kind of where you can start collecting all the boxes and i Mm -hmm. I highly recommend you collect all six boxes because there's a a trophy or an achievement depending on the platform sick so cool i didn't get them all i missed one so but i also don't think there's achievements on the switch so no you don't need that it's fine cool so now uh after fat man dies we are visited by a ninja who is sent by the la le lule lo that means the patriots it's a code name also, I'm impressed that I said it in one take. Uh, they reveal where, that you can find the President's Secret Service agent in the center shell. He gives us some enemy out, uh, soldier outfit and leaves. We must find an enemy gun, enter the shell. Uh, we can explore the facility, but what we want is on the second floor. All right, so we have to stun lock a guard and use a retinal scanner. So we can find the hostages. From there, we can use a directional microphone to locate Ames, who has a pacemaker, so he has a different heart rhythm. He reveals that the president came here to inspect the new metal gear that was being housed in the facility, and that the bomb threat and hostage negotiations are just made up. We also get a glimpse of a man running the operation, Solid Snake. Oh, okay, all right, okay, all right. Uh, anything about this part that you want to talk about specifically? Um... It's interesting. I like how they're trying to make you use the first person. You're, you're really trying to make you like the first person. In the first part was about like you go first person, look around, just disarm the bombs. This one's kind of like use the microphone to kind of track somebody down. And mm-hmm. it's neat that there's an actual like the stealth section of, oh, you need AK-47. You need the, uh, the, the stuff or they're going to just recognize you. Yeah. 
So you need the right gun and you need the right um, outfit. So it's pretty cool that's like that's a pretty neat little stealth in infiltration section. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like a little bit of a spy. So pretty cool. I, I like the it, like that part. It's very neat. I hated the part where you have to like get the lock the guard on the retinal scanner because heaven forbid you don't hit that right button. Yes, and you punch and then him everybody and cut- grab him, and you're like, uh... and then the alarm goes off, and then you just end up murdering everybody and. Yep. And Resetting. That's so. it. Yep. I think myself, I think I was able to do it in one attempt for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, actually, it wasn't bad. But I do remember always having issues with uh, the retinal scanner in this part. It does seem like one of those things. Like, when I got it, I was I was had a little celebration while I was riding my spin bike one morning. Because I was like, that is a very challenging part. I also knocked the guard out who's watching over the hostages. So, all you can hear is him snoring. So, don't do that. Because then you can't. And I went to every single guard and was trying to listen. All I could hear was just the snoring. And I was like, oh, this sucks. So I think mm-hmm. I ended up shooting him. And it caused a game over. So I just restarted the whole thing. So, yeah. Yep. And don't get afraid of game overs in this game. Uh, Even if you get a game yeah. over, like, it I, just basically puts you to the start of the room. Yeah. No, it happened multiple times. I would just be like, eh, I'm just going to die in this gunfight. Let's start again. Cool. Uh, there is a part where you can listen and there is a guard who has an upset stomach. So Johnny Akaba, the butthole guard from the very first game, makes an appearance in this one. And with the directional mic, you can actually hear him in the bathroom having some gastrointestinal distress. Yep. And he may appear a time or two later. In this game? Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, you have to let me know when that happens because I didn't know about that. Uh, so from here, though, uh, now that we're like, okay, something's going on. There was no hostage negotiation. Uh, the president's working with these terrorists. What the hell's going on? Uh, Ocelot uh, notices us and comes over, but Ames has a heart attack at this point. Uh, Ocelot discovers us. The ninja comes down and helps us escape before we can head to the second part of the facility. And on the connecting bridge, I think we're tasked at taking out some sensors, which we need a, a what's it called sniper rifle. So if you haven't found the sniper rifle, you have to return to one of the little rooms, find the sniper rifle, also find the sniper rifle that has like the trank functions because you don't want to kill people because you need the good rankings, obviously, in this game. Uh, shut those off. And once you enter this section... Uh, once you've kind of eliminated all the little bombs, you get into a fight with a Harrier jet. Cool. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Now this time it's like interesting. A uh, heart attack, then a Harrier. It, Jeez, I wonder what's happening here. Yeah, it's so, so odd. So from the boss here. Oh, I forgot. forgot we forgot to talk about those shit. Uh this is the part, though, uh, also that was revealed that Pliskin, our friend who's been kind of helping us throughout this mission, is in fact the real Solid Snake. And the other fake Solid Snake is actually called Solid Dust Snake, who was the third clone of Big Boss and the former president of the United States. So he was the president during the Shadow Moses mission. So you're like, oh, okay. He's in the Harrier jet along with his buddy Vamp. And they're going to... And those we're fighting them alongside solid snake yeah all right yep. cool um there's a couple other parts here earlier on i think where there's like some so- story notes where they're talking about um the infiltration or like that guy is here or we didn't expect that guy to be here essentially it's just snake once you learn that it's actually snake you're like oh okay cool yeah yeah it's like well we have this perfect plan Except for there's this one hiccup. There's this other person yeah, who's, uh, this, we didn't plan This for. spy that's infiltrated that we really have to take care of. And it makes them seem like it's you. 
because you don't know that it's Snake, but then once it's Snake is revealed to be Snake, it's kind of like, oh, obviously it was Snake they were worried. Yeah, 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 we've fallen into their their plan the whole time. Yeah, all right. So from uh, fighting the Harrier jet, though, we have to use Stinger missiles to attack it, and yeah, that's it. When they're done, uh, as the ship crashes into the ocean, a Metal Gear ray comes, grabs it, picks it out uh, of its mouth, and goes underwater, allowing us access to the second shell, though. So we have to do some platforming. Uh, so we take down the jet and gain access to the second floor after some platforming. Cool. Uh, you have to, if you practice your chin-ups earlier in the game, you don't need to worry about it. Maybe your grip strength comes into play if it's like level one or something like that, because there is some hanging and a little bit of jumping they have to do. At one point, as you're walking along a platform, there's a guard on the roof and he's peeing on a ledge, and you can just stand there and get peed on for a little while. I made a save of Raiden just being peed on, and, and, and then I just made another save. So there's just one file that you can just start every time and you're just getting peed on. You, you know, I'm just going to say uh, Raiden deserves to get peed on every now and then. Yeah. Although, as it was happening, I called Rose and I called the Colonel and I was kind of expecting one of them to be like, Raiden, what are you doing? This is gross. Move. No, there is no codec cor- that corresponds with that moment, which I thought was odd, especially for a game that like, is this in-depth and has that many Easter eggs. I'm surprised no one says anything. Yeah, yeah, I'd think that somebody would, or like the ninja or somebody would mm-hmm. say something. Yeah, but. or like Rose specifically, like Jack Rose. Nope, doesn't happen. In fact, we haven't even talked about Rose. I don't know if you need to talk about Rose, because I hate Rose. So <sighs> I, I, yeah. She's the worst yeah. part of this. <laughs> like every time she's talking, I'm just like, do I listen or do I just mash the skip button? So you have this, I mash yeah. the skip button like a, like, a, like a smart person. So your team is made up of Colonel Campbell from the first game, who's kind of being your director and kind of guiding you through this operation. And then instead of Mei Ling, uh, your save option is actually your girlfriend, Rose. And she just keeps talking about April 5th or something like that. Is that you, Jack? Yeah. and it's yeah, No, who else is calling you? It's kind of awful and terrible, and we just don't have to worry about it but every time she talks i just want to stop listening yeah sometimes i just press i'm like hey that'll skip this whole conversation great now we've done our platforming though uh we're inside the second shell the sec the the center core of the second shell cool awesome where the president is we have to find an akita missile launcher via some swimming so we can disable the electric floor and rescue the president. He reveals that he was actually working with the terrorists and wanted to launch an attack on the Patriots, who are some shadow organization government that's actually been running the United States for the last hundred years. Uh, and that big shell is really a front for a new type of metal gear named arsenal. Oh shit. Of course. This, this game called Metal Gear is about Metal Gears. Son of a gun, I never saw it coming. Never. Oh man, I thought it was about Ray this whole time. That's it. So uh, this is one of those things where we're now completely out to lunch. So Colonel Axe, is, he says, he has no understanding. Uh, he was not aware of any of these things. He's just as surprised as we are. We're like, oh, okay, all right. Well, the president is dead. He actually dies after this conversation. Ocelot shoots him. So another one of the two people... So the president of something that we find on this mission dies after we talk to him. That's odd. Yep. Yep. Hey, somebody had a heart attack. Now the president is dead. Huh. After Ocelot and we fought shot a Harrier. Him. Didn't, didn't yeah. Ocelot shoot some president guy in the first game? You know, he might have. Hmm. He might have. Interesting. Right after we attacked, we were fighting, fighting a Harrier on a roof. You shouldn't emphasize Weird. that too much because it's actually out of order. Oh, well, well. Yeah. My bad. Because you fight the President Baker is like when you use the C4, and then you fight Ocelot in the room, 
and the the Harrier Jetta fight isn't until after, after the that. Sniper yeah. Sniper Wolf. So, right, right. Yeah. So some of the same events are happening, not, not necessarily the in the right order, but not that they're right. in the right order, or wrong order. They're just different, right? They're just coincidences at this point. So, yep, yep. Nothing suspicious here. Uh, anything suspicious? No, because we're being kind of out up front and like forewright with the story. Uh, the big reveal is going to be less of a reveal, right? But, however, the uh, president does give you an MO disc, which contains some type of virus, potentially, uh, that can be uploaded into Arsenal Gear's AI called GW, which the Patriots is going to try and use to help uh, help with the digitization of uh, and the spread of information via the internet. So Arsenal Gear is the Patriots' plan to be able to control all the world's information by just providing certain people um, and changing the narratives on like news stories and like that. So that's kind of what we're going towards. An AI world where you don't know what's about fake news. Huh. Yep, yep. It's the Fruit Loom Conocopia conspiracy theory all over again. Cool, awesome, great. So we're there, so we're there. So, however, though, we do have to find the programmer who worked on the GW program, Emma Emmerich. That's right. Otacon's sister is here in the facility. Where is she? She's on the other side of that swimming area. So, okay. You um, mean EE? Because I don't know this Emma Emmerich. Um, All I know is this person named EE. Yeah, okay, sure. So he reveals the AI controlling the new gear was created by this girl who's still in the facility. So we must swim through some mines, through some areas. See some dead bodies. We're like, cool, great. And then we get to fight Vamp. So Vamp, remember the guy we couldn't hit earlier? It was- oh, no, no. You're, you're glazing over this. We have a painstaking escort mission where you literally have to hold her hand. But we haven't fought Vamp yet. <sighs> Is that? I, no, you don't. You have to you have to hold her hand up into the, the Vamp fight. Uh, no, you definitely go into the room. You fight Vamp. And then she's on the other side of the room. Is that how I? Is that how it works? I don't know. I might be mistaken. Yeah. Here. So you it's been a couple of weeks since I played. This okay. Now. So you, you swim. You fight Vamp because he's in the room that has like the super hydrogenated water. So it's like so dense. Apparently, you just sink down to the bottom and you can't swim and you drown. So after after defeating him in that room. Emma's on the other side of the room. So stand in the corner, attack him mm. with stinger missiles. He falls into the water and he's like, oh, I'm dead. Even though I couldn't die. Ugh. And you're like, yeah. So with Vamp taken care of, we find Emma, Otacon's sister. We have to hold her hand and like Jason said, painfully walk with her around the facility. Not only that, but she doesn't like to swim. So she's going to swim on our backs and she has less health and oxygen than us. So hopefully you don't drown her too much. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, she, she, has, she has a health bar, so she can take some damage. Mm-hmm. But uh, you definitely want a little bit of a uh, little bit of health come for the part coming up here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very sl- slow, painful uh, swimming s- s- simulation with her. Uh, you have to be fairly well timed, right? There are some air pockets so you can kind of hop up and down. I definitely almost drowned her. She didn't have a lot of health after this point, and I was like, "Oops!" Uh, slowly walk her out of the big shell. Um, to some underground or like a water bridge that connects the two shells. And then you have to use your sniper rifle, which you acquired before, to protect her from slow-ass guards or from guards and gunfire. And you're like, this is awesome. And she kept yep, getting spotted yep. and I kept having to shoot all the guards. And I was like, well, I so long for not killing anybody. Oh, well. Yeah, and about halfway through, uh, Pliskin will... Uh, 
Kodak you and be like, just let me know if you want me to take over. So I immediately called him back and was like, just take over. Uh, And essentially, all you have to do then is just put your reticle over the enemy and he'll just like snipe it uh, before you can get him get a chance. Cool. Sweet. So. So that looks like she's almost going to make it the other side of the water bridge. Super great. Oh, Vamp. He's not dead. He shows up, stabs her. You shoot Vamp. He doesn't die, but he, like, runs across the water, I think, and runs up one of the buildings because he gets, like, a call that he's needed somewhere else. And you're like, great. But Emma's dead or dying. Oops. That's awkward. Hmm. You keep calling her Emma. Even Otacon calls her E.E. Okay, Emma, EE. EE is not doing so well. But Snake found her, and go. we're tasked at chasing after her. But uh, let's... T- let's. Oh, and so halfway through this, her walk before Vamp attacks her, she kind of goes behind this little... She goes on the... I think it's the second spot that you get to. There's not a lot of guards. And if you pull out your microphone and aim at where she's walking, you can hear her run a, run into our good friend Johnny. Oh, really? Yeah, and he has this moment like, hey, what are you doing here? It's like, uh, I'm just trying to get through. And he's like, well, you know, you, you're going to get like, you're going to get spotted here. Mm-hmm. But he essentially just like, they have a quick little like brief moment. Huh. His stomach starts growling. and He's like. Just go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, that man needs to use the washroom again. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, there's there's another Johnny little moment there where he, him and uh, Emma or EE cool. have a have a little like brief little chat. So solid. Uh, cool. Yeah, uh, one of the worst parts of the game though, as Tyson alluded to, she's super slow. It's a super bad escort mission. This is now again early gaming. This might be one of the very first escort missions uh, that occurred, and there's a reason that they're shit. This is shit. They didn't know what they were doing. Are they done better now? Yeah. But this was kind of like uh, Wild West. Princess Rudo escort mission is better than this. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because you could pick her up and had the autonomy to move at your own speed. This one is like you're holding her oh, hand he, and she slowly, slowly... She will drag you down. Oh, you just slowly step. Because she's like... Yeah. She can't swim. The story beat is it's not that she can't swim or whatever and she can't walk. It's that she's been drugged. To keep her there, so she can't. She kind of has like a bit of paralysis. No, no, and... no. There is a story beat. She like drowned or something as a child, and then Otacon was like sleeping with her mother. So her dad killed himself, and then he like left the family, and like he's always never forgiven himself for like almost her drowning. Yep, yep. Basically, <laughs> Otacon was banging his stepmom and caused his dad to kill himself. Um, but Emma just loves Otacon so much that she doesn't care. She would just love to want to kiss him on the lips. And it's like, this is the weirdest incest story that doesn't need to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Otacon and yeah. Emma for being a weird family that doesn't need to be here. And it's like the worst part of this game. She was voiced by Jennifer Hale. And I've, oh, heard, yeah. and I've heard that mentioned a couple times, and I'm like, she I don't know who Jennifer... is the female uh, Commander Shepard in Mass Effect. Gotcha. Uh, she also... Yeah. What other credits does she have? She's done a couple other video games. She was in Mortal Kombat. She was in... She's a big voice actress. Um, I was just like, yeah. And I, I guess that's probably the big one, right? His, hmm. That's the one I know her from. Cause, um, but yeah, like I think she's also the voice of the chick in Bioshock Infinite. Uh, she might also be a voice in Metroid Prime. There's like 
I'm looking at this. And she's got a she's got a pile of them. Just go to her IMDb page, and I'm sure you've heard her voice. Yes. So that that is Dozens kind of a of big. Times. Yeah. Not that it matters because this character is just one of the worst parts of the game. So great, awesome. Okay. So we rush to the computer room in Strut A to find a dying Emma talking to Otacon, or sorry, EE talking to Otacon. The computer virus that EE has had has been installed, and Snake uses us as bait into get or to get into arsenal gear we wake up naked strapped to a bed and being interrogated once released we now have to stealth our way through a hallway while receiving really weird car calls from a deranged colonel okay cool yeah yeah and he's like his voice is all pixelated and modulated and there's something strange going on Mm -hmm. but you're naked and you just got to get through and i think if you take too long you'll catch a cold I, I got a cold anyways. I'm not sure exactly what that is. So I went pretty quickly, right? So you have to get through one hallway, uh, avoid a couple guards. It's not too hard. Like the their um, uh, patterns are pretty easy to pick up on, right? So like once you kind of get through there, you get into this little tiny room. I think it's called like the colon or something like that of Arsenal Gear. And I don't know how you trigger the next scene. I just ran up and down receiving these fucking zany calls from the colonel. This is the part of the game where at one point colonel will call you and he says, uh, this mission is a failure. Turn off the game console now. You've wrecked your game. Your game is wrecked. And I legitimately remember playing this for the first time, and it was after, you know, four four hours, and I was like, oh, did I actually wreck the console? Like, is that what's going on? Is this actually, like, um, like did I damage the game? Should I restart it? I might have actually restarted this game and tried again, thinking that I had, like, broken it. So I fell for it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, And the way you trigger the next scene is you literally just have to listen to them all. Oh, is that what it is? That's what it is. Uh, and I think they play through everyone twice. Uh, so they try to make sure that you really like hear it. So if you avoid um, them, that's why it takes so long. Yeah. Uh, and if you sit there and just listen to it, bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. You're like, you need to listen to all those Kodak calls. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, so from there, though. Um, so after some time, apparently it's just listening to Kodak call. Snake appears. He gives us our gear and a sword. So we have to fight through a hallway with Snake fight through a circular room before snake confronts fortune and he says you go after solidus okay cool so solidus confronts us and unleashes an army of metal gears after us so we're on to the end fight because i don't know if the rest of this game even counts i think this is the hard part is we have to fight an onslaught of metal gear rays oh boy did i get my butt worked over on this one i was playing on normal difficulty i had two or three rations going into this fight and I, it took me like three or four attempts to beat this fight. Yep, I'd, t- I'd say it took me about three, four as well. Okay. Um, I burned like all my ammo and all my rations while fighting Vamp because I was just frustrated yep. and just didn't care anymore. And I was like, I just grenades. If I have a rocket launcher, you're getting hit with it, buddy. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I used like an all my rations. So I was, I, I think like I had one or two and then uh a, a, the first two or three rays you kill in the middle will drop a ration and it was like oh give me i need life yeah yeah um so yeah very tricky uh the kind of the thing to do like there's three rays always kind of on the side and you just have to i don't know how many it is it feels like 12 or 15 of them you have to take out i think it's nine and i think it changes per difficulty and in my mind i want to say there's like 27 in total so if you look in the background there's 27 and i think you could fight up to that number so 
Oh, I could see that. I could see that. But yeah, it's tricky. Like, and you almost don't want to. The first, the first little three that you're fight, fighting are all like immediately active and shooting you with missiles and stuff. So it's really frantic. But once those three have been rotated on the field, if you don't like attack the ones in the background, they almost just stay stagnant, and it really like makes the fight a little bit easier. Um, but if you shoot one of them by accident, you have they they're now aggravated and they will start attacking you. Oh, so, really? I found yeah, so just like, huh. yeah, yeah. So I found that like, if I kill those first three, just like really just tried to work hard and use my rations there, then only focused on the one that was in the middle, it kind of became pretty easy because it has essentially a, a couple moves and you just like get good at dodging. Uh-huh. And once that missile uh, shoots, kind of like just dodge at a, a, a like a 45 degree gotcha. angle. Yeah, that it. would be so. my, that was kind of my strategy at the end was don't stand and tank damage because you don't have the damage to tank. Uh, it's yeah. shoot and move, shoot and move, shoot and move, and listen to the sounds and just avoid the, the missiles as best you can, right? You'll find a rhythm that kind of works. Uh, and I did look and it's anywhere from 3 to 12. So okay, on normal yeah. difficulties, I think I fought, I think I had to kill like 6 or something like that, 7 uh, before I was able to kind of move on. And it, it was a bit of a struggle for me. I was like, oh, cool, this game is actually somewhat tough at the end. Yeah, good, great. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I appreciate it because this, this is our Metal Gear Rex fight. Yeah. So I'm happy that we kind of get something that's not just a cakewalk or something that you can just quickly cheese. Like you have to work for it. You got to think about it. You got to be on your feet. You mm-hmm. can't just like, like you. When I go into my first person mode, I got to really make sure that I'm facing the right way. I'm not gonna like in first person mode get into aim. It's like no, 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 no. And the Nikitas are fast, so as soon as you hear mm-hmm. that sucker like dee 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 shooting at its face, you just pull that trigger and start running. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't need because I was I was I was holding on it and like trying to like wait and wait until it hits. It's like no no. As soon as you hit that fire button and it's beeping red, you're free to like run around some more. And once I kind of figured that out. I stopped dying so okay. much, but yeah, I did. I definitely died like three, four times. But. Solid. So, uh, f- what the way I played this game was, I had uh, the HD collection that I bought kind of before Christmas and on my Switch. So I was playing that in the mornings, uh, getting up, riding the spin bike for about forty-five minutes. This was almost like a week for me. Uh, so I, I think I started. It was like a Monday, and it took me to like Friday before I had beat this game, and most of it was sitting and watching a cutscene. So, all right, so we we, we beat Ray, so we could save. So once complete, we're asked to save. We wake up and we have to struggle for air. I might have died like six times to this section. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Apparently you have to look at Sneak, which gives you more oxygen, and then also be able to hit a button repeatedly fast so that Solidus doesn't strangle you and kill you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if you had any struggles with that. I, 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 I had issues. I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was like holding... Like riding a bike and sitting upright, you don't have as much. I feel like I couldn't move his finger as fast as possible. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. So, um, but from there, I, I might have just been like, I think this was one of the parts where I was just like mash button time. Yeah. So, I'm, I flip it and you know you do the tap with your finger down. That's so. I couldn't really do that when I was sitting on a bike awkwardly. I don't really have a flat surface yeah. to press it into. Yeah. Um, so Snake has been captured by Fortune and all seems lost until, huh. Ocelot reveals this was all a setup by the Patriots. What? They were that darn guy. They were trying to do something called a three S 
three plants. So the solid snake simulation. So what they were trying to do was recreate the events of Shadow Moses to create a hero out of anything. Or at least that's what we believe. So everything that was orchestrated from the inclusion of a terrorist group to sneaking to a dock to having to um, have a ninja appear. Everything was orchestrated to a fight with a Harrier jet via the Patriots. So we could see if Raiden, who was trained via VR, and I think clearly states in the game the VR missions for the PS1, um, was trained, could he become a solid snake? And we're like, what? Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's like all those simulations that he's kind of talking about, you're like, oh, I kind of get it now. Oh, yeah, Um, that makes sense. That's cute. And going back and watching this game, watching all the cutscenes, listening to everyone kind of talk throughout the game, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing there. Oh, yeah, that's clever. Okay, cool. That's neat there too, right? So it's laid out very well. It's very satisfying. That's why I'd recommend playing this game probably twice, right? Uh, Play it, get the story, understand it, and then go back in and you'd be like, oh, I get it. I see what them cool. Yep, yep, and it's um, I mean, it's a, uh, it's very cute that it's kind of they're trying to do like a sequel, but they're trying to do like a simulation of the first game. And yeah, like I, well, I get what they're yeah. trying to do. And, yeah, and Konami it, always had yeah. or yeah, uh, Kojima had a very he's very outspoken right uh he's very outspoken in the sense so uh the, the obviously the digital age that was coming upon us he knew was going to be a big deal and he wanted to tell a story about it so this is his attempt right so ocelot though after he reveals this he kills fortune steals ray snake follows and all that's left is for us to crash and one of the cleanest crashes into a downtown city you'll ever see and have a final boss fight here, though, however, we do learn from the AI of the Colonel and Rose that have been talking through this whole game that the Solid Snake stimulation apparently wasn't uh, a, just a Solid Snake or a, a, sorry, a Shadow Moses recreation. But actually, they wanted to see how much information could they uh, portray just with withholding information to certain groups. So this whole thing was just actually a setup to see how w- well and accurately their program or their AI GW could contained the information so ocelot was lied to solidus was lied to we were lied to we were all manipulated just through their ai system uh and they were able to basically create this whole epic event for us so we are tasked at stopping solidus snake who's basically our father kind of sort of to reveal with a sword and if we can do that then they won't kill a baby yeah kind of seems like Oh, this is a tacked on ending because you needed to change this. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. but we already kind of touched on that. We sure it's did. Like, so, you fight Solidus with a sword. Just, you avoid his, like, reaching. He reaches you with his t- tentacle things and you just run to the side and you attack him. And you just do that a bunch of times and you win. Yeah, just literally go clockwise. Yeah. Run clockwise around him and you win. Yay. He is, like,. I, I was like, oh, I kind of struggled the first time around it. Then I was like, wait a minute. His Whenever I run left, he literally misses me. When I run right, he hits me. Yeah. So you just run left because the way he animation, like his tentacle strike or whatever it is, he turns sideways mm-hmm. and then his strike hits. Gotcha. But he, he he only hits him like that right way. So just head left. You're done. You're going to miss it. You're fine. Sick. You're good. And then we beat. Oh, uh, there, oh, there's it, and there's the two mechanics of the sword. We kind of didn't touch on it. If you click in the stick or something, 
you'll switch between the vibration or the health damage blade and the oh. stamina damage blade. I never took the time to like, what if I actually just wear down his stamina? Yeah. What happens then? I was like, no, no, I'm just going to focus on health. I want to kill this sucker. Yeah. I want this game. Well, the stamina, it would just, it, that would add to not killing anyone, right? So every boss has right. a health and a stamina meter. So instead of shooting Fat Man with your SOCOM, you could hit him with the Trank Gun. And if you want to go for no kills, right? So like the the better, right. like the perfect or big boss ranking or whatever it is, you can't kill people. Right, right. I didn't know about the clicking thing. I remember that clicking was a thing, but I just, I just killed him. I didn't really care. But Solidus is defeated. Jack walks around the empty streets of New York City. Snake shows up and tells him to live his life and spread his genes. Then Rose shows up and tells him to live his life and spread his genes. And then during the post credit sequence, we find out that the list of the Patriots that Otacon and Snake got turns out to be a list of fake names. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, a bunch of these people were dead. Oh, cool. Dead a long time ago. Okay, cool. Um, sweet. Yeah. So that kind of adds that... Uh, Oh boy, how was that for a fun story in this game? Uh, it's a story. <laughs> um, to me, it feels like this is what happens when a writer has, I want to have these things be in my story. Yeah. It really feels ham-fisted and kind of just tacked on and not like organic. Uh, okay, cool. So it's, It just feels like more like I'm being lectured at. But before we get to this, hey, credits roll. Here's your rank. Uh, Did you take a note of what your rank was? Yeah, as an elephant. I was also an elephant. Yeah, okay. That, that's interesting. Because I was looking at it. So, um, in the... We're rank four. Okay. Because if we, we use more than 130 rations or more. If we would have used less than that and killed... Um, then we would have been on a shark. And that's rank three. But then if you kill... 250 enemies or more that's like that's what denotes you're a three hmm. um and if you're a, then like rank two is finish the game with three hours or less right. i'm sorry what Did just skip all the cutscenes. code names stink that kills one to 70 no continues and one to two alerts you become scorpion shouldn't you be big boss uh, big boss is beating it is rank one on hard. So that's uh, found by an enemy four times or less, killed twenty five enemies or less. Yeah, I feel like I'm looking what where am I? This seems like a weird no, this is... There's a bunch of different websites. I'll toss it in Discord. This is the one I found, and it's the only one that sort of makes sense in my head. Because if you look at just like MGAS ranks and you look at like the ten ten pro code name chart, it is a hodgepodge of all the here's all the things you need to do but essentially we're a rank 4 out of 12. Okay. Well I mean I also was alerted a bunch and died a bunch and killed people indiscriminately so I don't believe that I didn't have the best ranking in the world. Yeah. No. I'm like, I'm like after I trust, gave up my no alert run I was Yeah there must be more to this game because this one's just saying use 130 rations or more. I don't know if I used that many rations. Because I just don't think I played um, the game that it, much. You probably killed more than 250. 
Yeah, me. Okay. Anyways, it, it, there's a bunch of random stuff to it. Yeah. You can, if if you cared, you could go into it. Okay. Sweet. I don't care. I don't care either. But that was my rank. Okay. That was your rank. We ended up being the same, which is cool. Yeah. Sweet. So, how about uh, current thoughts? So, I kind of love how weird this game is compared to the rest of the 3D series. This is a giant outlier, right? Uh, it's a weird swerve of a narrative. But for a game that kind of lives on surreal, giant, over-the-top narratives, it does kind of structurally fit, right? Um, you know, I, I kind of want to play through Snake, or I kind of want to play through Snake Tales anyways. Uh, so I might even look at trying to obtain a copy of, like, the Metal Gear Solid 2 subsistence uh, for the PS2, just so I could have that experience, right? Because uh, you kind of miss out playing a Snake. And I understand why fans or fans were upset with the bait and switch. Uh, narratively, it makes sense, and it is actually kind of genius the way they do it, right? But at the same time, if this exists, why wouldn't I go play that game? Uh, the narrative that they attempt to tell is actually pretty incredible, uh, and it's a pretty imp- like impressive achievement on the team that worked on it to create such a complex and deep narrative throughout games that is kind of above and beyond our scope on this podcast right uh you need to be able to sit and do research you have to know a lot of things there are some big ass topics we need flow charts and spreadsheets just to keep tabs on things uh and i don't know if we're credible enough to just have that full-on discussion about the narrative of this game right um it's it's pretty big and 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 over and 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 takes a lot of things in right so i think we did a good a fine enough job on this podcast i think for what we did and we kind of talked about this game as from where it is but there's a lot more going on in this game uh definitely that can dive into and i think i'll just leave it as i respect that they told a very very complicated story good job kojima your current thoughts um yeah love how ambitious this game is um it's a follow-up to one of the greatest games ever made um I don't love it as much as I love all the other games in this franchise. This one's kind of like the black sheep of the thing where I will happily kind of just skip it or glaze over it. I've played it a bunch. I was actually playing, replaying my Xbox uh, copy. But the funny thing is like I was... Um, I was like, I kept waiting for like my achievements to pop. I was like, did I finish this game? And apparently, I did finish this game uh, when I bought that. And like, mm-hmm. I think the I think the date said 2018, 2017 or something like that. So I was like, man, I've played this game a long time ago. But I, it's just, it's clunky. It's frustrating to play. It's I don't find the story very interesting because I know the story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool the first time you hear it, but it's kind of like the like it's kind of like the sh- movie Memento. Once you've seen it once, you're like, it's very ambitious. But now that I know the ending and the twist, I, eh, I, 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 you can kind of go back and rewatch, replay it again, and you're like, oh, there's all the little hints along the way. But that's as deep as my enjoyment kind of goes out of it. It's, it's not my favorite. I don't really like riding. I don't really like the controls. I don't really like the camera angle. I am super jazzed about how ambitious this is because it's like it, it is. It's crazy how many different. Yeah. You tip the ice bucket over and the ice melts. So they're trying lots of cool things, and I think it has some neat stuff, but it's just too short. Yeah. Like, there's just, this yeah. game is. Wow. Well, I feel like it's about half of the length of the original Metal Gear Solid. One of the things I did notice was a lot of these pre rendered 
cinematics that occurred, they used they would take breaks. So even though they were the same scene, they would go for about a minute, maybe 90 seconds, maybe two minutes, and then pause and move on to the next thing. So clearly they were just continually loading story um, elements, right? So they were just kind of loading these CGI cutscenes again and again and again. And that's how the game was told. So it was done through like very small segments. So based on the scope of this game, right, it being one of the biggest launches on, or uh, one of the launches of the PS2, not launches, but an early game that came out of the PS2. I don't know if the hardware was 100%. And normally I would sit here and play devil's advocate. And I was like, no, Tyson, you're just, I, I don't, I, I agree with kind of everything you're saying. It feels weird. It feels like they're missing something. I can appreciate this game for what it is, but I I think I like this game more than I do, if that makes sense. So going into it, I was like, oh, Metal Gear Solid 2, awesome. It's great. I love this game. It's freaking cool. But yeah, going back and playing it, I'm like, oh, huh. It is kind of the weird one in the series, isn't it? Like, it just feels different, and the story's so weird, and... Yeah. It just... Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it feels like, again, it has that sequel... Mm-hmm. has problem that sequel problem where you're like, how do you follow up to a masterpiece? Yeah, I, I don't... How do you do it? Like, it's so hard. Yeah. So they kind of were like, but we need to... If we retread the same kind of path, but we do all these cool techie things, and we kind of throw, like, throw a throwback, uh-huh. it's, it's tricky. Like, it's hard. Um... I guess it kind of falls in the same thing of like a you know Force Awakens, whereas it's kind of like retreading the same path, um, yeah, but modernized. I was just, but at the same time, it's like because it's missing all that that, that it's not a fresh experience. It doesn't really stick with you the same way the first time it does. It, it, and it, so. it's just different uh, structurally from what we were expecting from our games, right? So it looks a little different. So Metal Gear Solid is kind of just a, a 3D retelling of Metal Gear on the MSX, mm-hmm. right? So it's just kind of that upgrade. Um, and very similar to how Ocarina of Time is just kind of an upgraded version of the 3D version of A Link to the Past, right? They've added a couple comforts. It's 3D. And then you look at a game, say, like Majora's Mask or Wind Waker that already st- already kind of throws like a different narrative out there. It kind of changes the structure that we were kind of used to. And all of a sudden it feels different and it feels weird. And I kind of feel like this is more in line with, say, how like a Majora's Mask um, was kind of viewed at by the public, right? And we're kind of viewed as like, oh, it's the weird one. Doesn't mean it's bad. Doesn't mean necessarily it's bad at all. It's just no. It's just the different one. And you're like, huh. And I understand what they were going for and what they were trying to achieve. And I mean, Snake Eater is pretty traditional when they go back to it in terms of just like a stealth game. And I mean, this game is actually kind of in line with Guns of the Patriots, right? You'd probably play Guns of the Patriots after this and be like, ah, oh, I understand why that game's so screwed up because Metal Gear Solid 2 is so screwed up, right? Um, yep. Yep. Well, they have to be like, we got to do something with this Patriot yeah. plotline. I think this is a big, cool, epic experience, but it is one of those, it is an experience. It's more of an experience than it is a game, right? Uh, like when Metal Gear Solid 4 came out, uh, Sean actually was working at the EB Games in Cranbrook when I went and bought it. And he told me, he said, if you like popcorn, Make yourself a bowl of popcorn because essentially once you get past like the four hour mark of this game, it's just a movie, dude. You're just going to sit back and it's beautiful and it's great and it's crazy, but like it's just a movie. I feel very similar about this game too, right? Like that's kind of the narrative and that's where they were headed with this series. So it's kind of take the good with the bad, but yeah. Yeah. You know, it. like I said, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's my least favorite of a great franchise, <laughs> but that's a franchise with like... I don't think the only low moment is Metal Gear Solid Acid. Like that. Yeah, like sure. this isn't a bad game. This isn't a low moment. It's just different. It just could. It doesn't. 
I the if the, I think the first person shooters like was if is almost oh, like yeah. this game is screaming for a remake. Like you remake this and you give us proper controls. It's like this game's fantastic. Interesting. Cool. All right. So. Uh yeah, and I guess the other thing is we kind of talked to is this game was chopped up and there was definitely things changed based on yeah. 9/11, right? So they had limited time to kind of make this game appropriate for. So it is an incomplete experience from what we were supposed to be getting, right? So yeah, I, I would have loved to see the uncut version, but like global events have shifted. You need to adapt. And um, they did it fine, I, I think. And yeah. yeah. And with given like the, the time frame, it's you're like, that was last minute. Like that was, we need to take things out. We cannot add anything. How, but we need to make how this long work. is this game supposed to be? 13 hours? And there's like, so it's about 10 hours of. I wonder how many, like, h- how much did they cut out of this game? Because obviously it was all oh, just cut. They scenes. had to cut out lots, but like, they, like an hour. And, and I would say probably because you got to think every other Metal Gear Solid ending is like three hours. Yeah, it's like a whole movie in itself. This is about an hour. So to me, there's two hours on the cutting room floor, and to hear that there was this whole like ray on the on the Statue of Liberty, like mm-hmm. there was stuff that they flat out have to be like we can't even have references uh-huh. we need to just have this ship coming in a harbor and we're gonna carry this over <laughs> with dialogue get that yeah. person back in this thing we're gonna rewrite the script and here we go and, and that's just so, you can't you can't really do much about those that cut content no. when you lose time right so but yeah no interesting okay cool um so anything else about this game that we need to talk about before we get into kind of our end game here uh, it needed James Bond. Okay. I don't know. I just used to say James Bond. Cool. And then, no, I think we're good. All right. Sweet. So then what would you change? Tyson wants the controls. I kind of want to just experience Snake Tales. Uh, I want to experience Snake Tales, see how that game plays, because maybe I just hate Raiden, right? And playing through this game as Solid Snake, I'd be like, ah, cool. Yep. This game feels more complete now. And this is the story I was looking for, right? So, uh, again, maybe look out to give that a chance. And uh, do you have any changes? No, no, pull the camera back about six uh, feet and give me the option to invert and not invert my Y and X axis and uh, give me a sensitivity control and I would be happy. Damn kids can't adapt to games anymore. Just don't make them like they used to. Damn gamers. All right, yeah, cool. So I want to find out. Just, just try to play old uh, Naughty Dog games on the, on the on the PlayStation where X and Y are both inverted and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about an Are you buying it? And then we'll get out of here. So, I hear it's amazing when the famous purple stuffed worm in the flap jawed space with the tuning forks does a Rob Blink on Harry Carey Rock. I need scissors. Sixty one. So like that's kind of that's, that's like an interesting point, right? You know, when you put it that way, is this game the best game ever made? I I kind of like it. Yeah, I know, but there's I don't know. I kind of I, yeah. yeah. It's 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 fun. It, it's a fun, interesting story, and I'm like, I like how weird it got. And I think that's just where I'm like, I'm like, I like how surreal it is. That's that's interesting. Cool. So, are you ready yeah, for a... David Lynch takes over for a... <laughs> yeah, exactly. For half an hour, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm in. What the fuck? And the fact that it got me so good as a game, like a kid, I, I, can't, I actually I reset my game and replayed that part because I was like, oh, I clearly wrecked this. Oh, game. it even says delete your yeah. delete your save file. Yeah, and I was like, so I didn't do that, but I was like, oh fuck, and I was so pissed off, and then I like reloaded it, and it was doing the same thing, and I was like, oh, this is just broken. Until Snake shows up, and I was like, you son of a bitch. But speaking of that, so cultural significance is how we're going to end our show today. So in this section, we look at game design, the lore, inspiration, turning points, and interesting stories. We talk about how this game relates, give other examples, and tie it all back together in the end. So this game 
gets into a lot of deep subject matter that I don't think I'm qualified to discuss without doing a lot more research than I normally do for this show. I kind of half-ass it. This one, what I'd, I'd have to actually like read and talk to some people, and I'm not about that. So instead, let's look at the game that gave us a peek at this masterpiece, The Zone of the Enders. So Tyson is going to play Gundam or other IP mech battle games. So there are eight robots listed here. Uh, and he has to guess as to which ship, suit, mech series it comes from. Yellow, purple, dishwasher, 69. All right, you ready to play this game? So we've got a list of eight guys here, so you can pick in any order. There are four Gundams, and there are four that are from different series. So your job is to dissect which one is a Gundam and which are from other series that involved other giant mechs. Yeah. So Gundam or other. Gundam or other. Ready for this? Okay. I'm ready. All right. So do you, do, which one would you like to pick? Um, let's start with Shockwave. I see that one. Okay. So I know he's a Transformer. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Good job, Tyson. Yeah. He is definitely a Transformer. Okay. okay. And I see a Devastator on there. Okay. And I'm pretty sure Devastator is also a Transformer. Devastator is also a Transformer. So there you go. So you knocked off Shockwave and Devastator, who are both Transformers. So good yep, job. Yep. Um, I'm going to... There's a STTS 909 Rising Freedom X. That is a Garbrill Gook of name. That's got to be an anime. That's got to be a Gundam. I'm going to go Gundam. Ding, ding, ding. That is a Gundam. Tyson is three for three. However, when X is selected, Tyson... Turn off this podcast right now. The simulation is over. You failed. Here is a list of the best game demos of all time. Oh, I see. I see. What are the best ones? So so we start off with our list here of seven is the Panzer Dragoon Saga Disc 1. So I don't know what that was, but apparently that was listed. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, yep. okay. Um, that was a Sega Dreamcast game? Something. Yeah, it must have been something like that. It kind of looked like it was kind of something like that. Uh, from number six was Lost Planet. Right. Okay, I kind of remember that demo being a big thing. Yeah, I know. I was like, I also kind of remember being that. Uh, how about Ready to Rumble Boxing? Okay, okay. Uh, you know, uh, know the franchise, but I don't... You didn't know that that was I don't that big. The demo. Apparently, that no. must have came out and people just played it a bunch. Okay. Uh, about number four was Gran Torino HD. Uh, Turismo. Gran um, Tur- and yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes. 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 I man, I I loved me some Gran Turismo. That was a game that got my that started the love my love of cars. Okay. So nice. Uh, number three was the God of War three demo. Uh, I could see that. I, I imagine it was probably like at the beginning of God War Three, all the Titans are like infiltrating Mount Olympus, and there's this giant battle with the gods, and you fight Poseidon. So if that was the demo to that game, I'd be like, I could see how people were really into that. So yes, yeah. yes, and um, this was the end of a big trilogy on the original PlayStation E games, PlayStation Two. Wonder if they'll ever go back to this God of War franchise, huh? Hopefully they keep the same voice actor. I really like this guy. Oh, did they change Kratos? Really? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, oh, yeah. All right. Well, left a better taste in my mouth. But I'm an OG God of War fan. Sorry about the other day. Things have been a little rough. I owe my wife some money. That's why I couldn't pay for lunch. <laughs> I love all these random. <laughs> like <laughs> the Colonel was just glitching out, wasn't he? Just. Um, Would you rather right, listen so... to the end of the list or? 
Would you rather just listen to some Allen Iverson facts? Uh, I kind of want to listen to some Allen Iverson facts, but at the same time, like I'm pretty sure I can do this list and the. Okay, I'll I'll bang it off quick and then let's just, let's listen to some Allen Iverson facts. Wait, which part are you going to? No, you, you you're down in the Allen Iverson facts. You're not playing the Gundam Wing game anymore. It's over. It's over. Remember the simulation okay. was okay. a failure. It's true. You failed. It's true. I slept. I slept at X too soon. Okay. Uh, so Allen Iverson, he played 914 games in his career. So close to a thousand. He averaged forty-one point one minutes per game over that career, accumulating twenty-six point seven points per game, three point seven rebounds, and six point two assists per game. Guy was an animal. He he was up there with like the centers and forwards of the game, yeah. putting in the in in the in the who put the most minutes up. No machine centers don't play that much because they're big guys. Like basketball games, no, they, like, basketball games are only forty-two minutes in length. He averaged 41.1 minutes per game his entire career. His career. It's like, did the man didn't sit down. He sat for 0.9 minutes on average. No, for, they're 48 minutes because they're 12-minute quarters, aren't they? Or are they 10? Oh, it is 48. Okay, yeah, that makes 48. sense. Okay, so he, okay. he sat for seven minutes. Okay, awesome, cool. And he played a bunch like later into his career. So there was games where he didn't play as much. Uh, he was a 2001 MVP. He was the four-time yeah, he was. NBA scoring champ. He was an 11-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Star MB, uh, All-Star Game MVP. He was a seven-time All-NBA, three-time NBA Steel Leader, and the 1997 Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah, man, what a what a what a career! And to be honest, apparently, just an absolute awesome dude later on in life. Like, cannot speak highly enough of the, these younger guys. Solid. So there you go. So uh, with that, uh, Allen Iverson, he had a pretty successful career. Wasn't able to get a championship for the Philadelphia 76ers, but they kind of seem like they're a bit of a cursed franchise anyways. They've been looking for that for a long time. Uh, does It came out around the same time he was in his prominence when this game came out, and I think that is culturally significant. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we're not talking about practice. No practice. What's and one of the greatest sound clips ever. So there you go. So how is? Oh, and you got one of the greatest references in, in uh, Ted Ted Lazo. Yeah. Like that whole like speech. I just like I laughed that entire time. Solid. Oh, and just a just a so modern players minutes per game average. The Tyrese Maxley is the current leader. He's thirty seven point five. There you go. Minutes. So that Alan, Alan Iverson is like Young four or five guard minutes. for the Sixers. Hmm, weird. Yep, there you go. It's a, it is all small guys because the next one is Demar Derozan, thirty-seven point two. Sick, sick. So cool. But everybody else is in thirty-seven. Allen Iverson was averaging forty-one. Nice. So how was that? So. How was that for your Metal Gear Solid Two cultural significance section? Did you did you expect something normal? No, okay. no, it's not what I expected at all. Perfect. Okay. And and you know what we were expecting was a Gundam showdown, Zone of the Enders, and we ended up at Allen Iverson. <laughs> so. I'm happy. Yep. The other day I was like, I was thinking about Alan Iverson, and I was like, I bet you Tyson would like to listen to some facts about Iverson. <laughs> I do. I, you know yeah. what? That's a guy that, like, if I ever got to meet in real life, I would just be like, just thank you, sir. Do I ever? Thank you. You. I think I have an Alan Iverson for... rookie card sitting on my desk here, actually. Hmm. You know what? That's a sick thing, because honestly, oh, yeah. that that was that was probably pre-cornrows. Uh, does he have cornrows? I don't know. He has a hat on, and there's tape. No, he has cornrows. Okay. Okay. Oh, I've got two huh. rookies, two two Iversons. Actually, he's got a shaved head, so pre corn rolls, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And like, because it was year two after his rookie years when 
the, the NBA brought in the you can't dress the way you want to Allen Iverson yes. rule. Uh, okay. So with that being done, our joke's over. Do you care about the list of demos or do you care about the game that you feel inclined that we have to go back? Or are you good just ending the show without? I'm good. I'm good just ending it. Okay. We don't need to worry about okay. it. And like what the number, what are the number one and two demos? Cause that might, that might bug me. Christmas. Do you know that off? The... I, I have it written on a little piece of paper here with, with the results of your little game. Just so they weren't on the, the notes. Uh, Christmas nights into dreams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Metal Gear Solid 2. There so, you go. I, yeah. you, that, I knew that was the biggest yeah. demo of all time. Because seriously, that's the only reason Zone of the Enders was a big seller. That's... It sold so much, it even got a greatest hits. Uh, I Yeah, and I think like the series, definitely, like there's multiple Zone of the Ender games. And it's all because of this. Because of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, so. yeah. Cool. Sweet. So with that, uh, that wraps up our show. There you go. Look, guys, we're pushing almost two hours on this one. <laughs> kind of figured that was going to happen, so... Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought we could get through it sooner, but no. I knew it was going to be a while, and I was like, we'll just take our time on this, guys. So, cool. So with that, I think we say goodbye for now. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. If we switch things around and you just you haven't heard Wind Waker yet, we have Wind Waker coming out next week. And if you just heard Wind Waker, there's a chance Wind Waker's coming out next week, but maybe it's Mega Man X 2 and 3? Not entirely sure. Oh, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to hit you with an amazing year, everybody. Just uh, buckle up and be prepared for a bunch of bangers because as much as I kind of dumped on this game for a little bit, it's it's a great game. Yes. So if you haven't played it in a while, pick it up, play it again. Awesome. Cool. So with that, guys, I think we say bye and uh, see you guys next time. See you. Bye. turn the game console off right now. What did you say? The mission is a failure. Cut the power right now. What's wrong with you? Don't worry. It's a game. It's a game just like usual. You'll ruin your eyes playing so close to the TV. What are you talking about? Brighton, something happened to me last Thursday when I was driving home. I had a couple of miles to go. I looked up and saw a glowing orange object in the sky to the east. It was moving very irregularly. Suddenly, there was intense light all around me. And when I came to, I was home. What do you think happened to me? Huh? Fine. Forget it.